To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Twenty one. Twenty one. Welcome to the Opinionated Mentorums Podcast, episode 21. I'm here with my guys, Ramon and Carlos. Ramon, say what's up. What's up, man? How y'all doing today? Man? Carlos, say what's happening. What's going on, man? What's going on? Nothing much, man. We we in here. How y'all fellas doing tonight, though? Good, man. Tw- 21. 21. Man, it's busy. <laughs> I'm excited, man. It's been a long day at work. Oh, sorry. That's my long, my apology, fellas. It's been a long day at work. You know, I'm ready to talk to the boys. I'm ready to talk sports. We got football on tonight, man. Let's get it. Yeah, bro, I'm ready to get to it too, man. Today's been a good little day, good long day, bro, but ready to go in and run it with y'all, man. So let's get it going. So uh, what kind of day you think that Le'Veon has since he passed up on $14 million? Could y'all imagine passing up on $14 million? Bro, I don't know if I pass on fourteen dollars right now. Bro. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely not million. <laughs> right, right. Le'Veon Bell has officially made it official that he's not going to be eligible to play, meaning that he has forfeited fourteen million dollars that could have been made this year. I think that he has made a statement, and you know, I, I think that a lot of times it got to be that one guy that that just has to take a stand for future running backs of his caliber. And I think he's made that clear. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, and I, I agree with his move. He's betting on himself. You know, we'll see next offseason if he wins with betting on himself. Now, if he, it turns out that he don't end up getting a big contract, then it can be, you know, this will be for nothing. All for nothing, you missed the whole year, you know, and, you know, you pretty much hurt your stock, you know. But he's betting on himself. He was the best running back in the game before, you know, he set out this year, you know, him – and Ty Gurley, you know, top of the game right now. But I think I like him. But you know, it, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see what type of contract he can get this offseason. Yeah, I'm, it's a, it's an interesting point. And and what I've been kind of thinking about, and y'all can let me know what y'all really think on this. But you mentioned about him being the best running back in the game between him and Ty Gurley. Um, I know you'll probably like me saying this. I'll probably get an edge to Ty Gurley, but. Is Le'Veon kind of a system back? Like, do we? No. So we so we don't. No, I'm not buying it. Okay, you're not I, buying I'm that not based buying on it, James Conner's no, success. No, I'm not buying it. I do think that the Steelers have a great system as far as running the ball. It does help when you have the best wide receiver in the game on your team as well as Juju. But the things that Le'Veon does is just wait, special. Wait, wait. It, it's wait, just bro. what? Did you say? Juju was the best receiver in the game. No, or you <laughs> added him in. No, I said that. I said that they have the best wide receiver in the game in and, conjunction with oh, Juju. Okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. So I mean, but when you look at Le'Veon, the way he runs, you know, his style of running has never been seen before. His has he, you know, his little hesitation move that he does. I do think that the Steelers are running back friendly, but Le'Veon just takes it to another level. When you look at you know, the amount of receptions that he had, he could make a case that he was the wide receiver too on that team last year. You know, his his usage is off the charts, a complete across the board in any anybody in the league. And that offense ran through him, rather passing it to him or rather run, him running the ball. So, I mean, Le'Veon is just, you know, he's just special. Connor is good. Le'Veon is special. And when you have a back like that, you got to pay him. I like I like that. I like that. I think y'all made both made good points. But 
I think Ramon's point is kind of interesting, and it's a good question to ask. And I think GMs are probably, you know, and teams are going to ask that same question. It's like, hey, yeah, this guy is good, but you know, you know, they kind of hesitant. Do we want to go and give up all this money? We've never seen him in another system. You know, all we've seen him with is the Steelers. So you know, and then we've seen his backup come in and kill it too. So is it is it the system? You know, I don't think it is. You know, I don't get me wrong. I think he's a good player, but you know, I think you know, GMs are going to be hesitant and ask that same question. I think that's a good question to think about because, again, you know, can I fit any other running back in that system? And do I mean, D'Angelo Williams, towards the end of his career, you know, when Le'Veon had his games he missed and got hurt, he did well in that system yeah. too. So it's kind of like it's kind of hard to, you know, judge off. It's, it's going to take him going to another team. You know, and a team maybe like the Jets or somebody have a bunch of money that can pay him and don't mind giving him giving up a bunch of money to him to see what happens. That's a legitimate. It's a legitimate yeah. concern and a legitimate point. You know, with uh, just like you said, D'Angelo Williams and now Connell Williams is doing well in that system. So, I mean, I, I'm not mad at it. You know, you, you yeah. posed the question, Ramon. Yeah. Give me your thoughts. Man. Um, I, I just posed the question to, to see kind of what y'all thought. On it, I do think that, that Le'Veon can play in any system. I, I don't think that he's just a system back. But it is something that I did legitimately think about when I've seen James Conner play the way that he's been playing this yeah. year in that offense. I didn't even think about the point that Lowe's mentioned about D'Angelo Williams. But I do yeah. remember at that point, he was somebody that was fantasy relevant. People were picking him up. He was producing big time in that offense. So it's going to be something that's very interesting. Like Lowe said, it's probably going to be somebody, a team that has a ton of cap money that's just going to be willing to kind of take that chance, try to make that splash out there for him. But I'm interested to see if him betting on himself, if it's going to in fact work. So that brings up an interesting point. It wasn't planned, but it brought me to some other thoughts. Okay. We've been playing fantasy for some years, so we some vets now. So when we think about some of the best running backs in the league, you know, you think about Chris Johnson. Shout out to him; he's retiring. You think about, uh, you think about. I put throw Lashawn McCoy in there. Adrian yeah. Peterson, of course. Yeah. You know where I'm going with it. You know, with the running back, uh, Cowboys running back who was great and then went to the Titans. You talking about Demarco Murray? Demarco Murray. Yeah. You know, but now you're seeing these new age running backs. Yeah. So, top five running backs. I'm putting y'all on the spot right now. In the league right now. I'll go first if y'all want me to. I mean, I it it don't matter. Whoever can go, it don't matter. Carlos, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll knock it out. In the league right now, this is including Le'Veon. Top five running backs in the league right now. That's playing because he's technically. We gotta see. So is Le'Veon eligible? That's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Le'Veon's eligible because this is a this is a broad discussion. Okay. Yeah. So I go easy. I go girly. I'll go Le'Veon. This is in order? This is in order. All right. I'll go Le'Veon. I'll go Gurley. I will go, um, I will go Saquon Barkley. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kid special. And then I'll go, I'll go Zeke the Freak. And then I'll probably, <laughs> I like, I like Hunt next. Oh, my oh, God. He on the hunt train. <laughs> All right. I'll go. Okay, you go. All right. I'll go uh, Le'Veon, Gurley, Zeke the Freak, uh, Alvin Kamara, and who's out there? Who I'm missing? Come on, bro. You posed the question. You got to be ready I'm missing, to fire I'm him missing off. somebody, you man. You got to be ready to fire him off. I'm missing somebody, bro. I hate when I do this. I'm drawing a blank right now, though. You said Hunt already, huh? No, no didn't I didn't say Hunt. Hunt. I don't think Hunt's in my top five. Yeah, I, I, I don't so think... Fortnite, David Johnson, none of them out there? Okay. There Thank you. Uh, I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take Fortnite. Okay. All right. My top five. I'm going to run it off. I got Ty Gurley. I'm going to do mine in order. Ty Gurley is the best running back in the league. Over Le'Veon? Yes. Ty Gurley is better than Lakers. I'm not rolling, but go ahead. I'm rolling. Um, I wouldn't have said this at the beginning of the year, but watching Todd this year, Todd is number one. Um, so Todd, then I got Le'Veon number two. I got Alvin Kamara number three. I like Kamara that high at number three. Mm-hmm. 
Then I got Zeke at four. Uh-huh. Then I got Saquon at five. Saquon. I'm buying Saquon. Over Fournette? I'm buying Saquon over Fortnite. And you know that's tough for me to say. Yeah. You know how much of an LSU home I am. Yeah, Saquon nice Saquon. though. Saquon yeah. is my is my sixth running back, so I'm not for up. Yeah. Then I go Kareem Hunt. But Saquon It's a it's a deep position. He's special. Though. I seen him in person. It's different watching him in person on TV, bro. He just He's he got it, man. Yeah. He got it. He's gonna be a star for the Navy. Adrian Adrian Peterson, you saw it at the post game, uh that post game moment. Adrian wouldn't have said that if he didn't believe it. Adrian got that like no, mumble mentality. It. He wouldn't have said that if he didn't believe it. So. so the crazy thing about the league too, like you said, Ramon, it is a deep it is a deep position now. We think back a couple of years back, the position was kinda of going away, you know, yeah. like maybe like 2014, I remember fantasy years, you know, a bunch of receivers was going first round. Mm-hmm. And the running back was kind of like a dying position, you know. You was kind of like getting these, the biggest thing in the league was this running back by committee. You was getting these situational, that was taking over. Now you're starting to see the league go back to that dominant running back again. And I'm, I'm glad the league is getting back to that because it's not fun. You you know, especially in fantasy when you don't know when your guy's going to play and he's coming in only on passing downs and yeah. different things. You're talking about like, running back committees, right? Yeah. Yeah, or what they call it, RBDC or... And, yeah, and, so. and, and you're right. Like, you have seen a shifting climate with these teams across the league. Like, yeah. running back committee kind of going away. The only teams that's doing yeah, running back committee are the, are the teams that have injuries. Because even the Patriots have, has done away with running back committee with, when Sonny Michelle is healthy. So... That is interesting that that the league is shifting, but it, I just feel like it's so interesting that transition because you know some of the names I mentioned. I didn't even mention you know the, the guy from, who used to play for the Chiefs. I can't remember his name. You know what I'm talking about? He went first round in fantasy every year, like top three pick easily. He was one of your guys, but he stayed in. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. You know, Charles, yeah, yeah. He's you know? He's like some of the names I'm saying right now. Like whenever you was thinking about, whenever you think about fantasy. You know, you know, and now you look at the new guys that's coming up, like 21, 23, you know, Ty Gurley, like, you know, Zeke the Freak. Is I don't want to jump the gun, but is this the golden era of running backs? Because I don't – I mean, I can make a strong case for each of our top five guys yeah. against uh, Jamal Charles, against DeMarco Murray, against Chris Johnson, yeah. against any guy and, I mentioned. And then the thing about it. Yeah, the thing about it, none of us even put David Johnson in our top five. And we think right. about how how, how talented was, and how yeah. good he was, you know, in that previous offense before mm-hmm. he got, you know, the injury and dealt with this offense. Mm-hmm. Now, you look at a guy, too, that I know Lowe's don't really like him that much. But mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon is talented. Melvin Gordon? Oh, now, yeah. He's him. a case for top yeah. five. The we year that he's having it. Yeah. The year that he is having that it, you know, I know, like, everybody been jumping on the quarterback, 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 but I would say that this running back, like, these new age running backs, I think are head and shoulders yeah. over the new age quarterbacks. Easily. No, I agree. I agree with both of y'all. You can make a case that, you know, they're early in the game, but you can make a case that all these names that we just mentioned, pretty much, if they keep going, not, of course they won't keep going, but if they keep playing at a, a high I love until they're at least 30 because that's when the, the age they decline and they're going to make the Hall of Fame you know yeah. these, these running backs are putting up numbers you know what I'm saying so you can make a case that if they at least keep playing at this level until 30 when the running back position they start declining that these players going to make it to the Hall of Fame and I think we got like you said the golden area of running back and I love it I love watching running backs run yeah yeah, so that's that, interesting talk. That's yeah. interesting. Oh man, yeah. interesting point. Yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, I gotta give you that one, bro. It's an interesting discussion right there. And the thing about it, to me, the depth is just gonna continue to come because I still see some other guys that's in the, in the college on the college ranks. You like? I see some guys in high school that <laughs> that, are, that are like like that the kid that LSU just signed yeah, from Destrehan, John, John Emery. Yeah, he. John That's going to be the next star running Tyrion back. Tyrion Davis is nice. Yeah. Trey Sanders out of, you know, uh, IMG is nice. Noah Kane. That's, yeah. that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other fight. So let's discuss hoops. I mean, I think that the NBA, I said this on Myron's podcast. I say, like, if you're not watching the NBA, you need to check it out early because I think that this has been the most exciting that the league has been in the beginning of the year than I can remember in recent years because it's just so much drama. And I think that this brings an interesting point, you know, and then I transition into the topic. But 
I think that players have proven that they're grabbing back the power. We have seen players across the board, whether it's um, Kawhi Leonard, even though he didn't say much, but he still was talking. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler, which we're about to discuss in a second. But it just seems like, you know, Kyrie Irving yep. last year, you know, demanding a trade to, you know, ultimately ended up with the Celtics away from the Cavs. Yeah. You know, players are taking back the power yeah. in the NBA right now. And, you know, Jimmy Butler to the 76ers, which was no surprise. That was a topic on our podcast maybe like a month ago. Yeah. Uh, I think that we felt, I know I personally felt that, you know, he wouldn't be a Timberwolf for the full length of the season. No. And it's finally happened. He was traded to the 76ers for Sarich. And Sarich and Covington were sent, and a draft pick were sent to the, uh, the Timberwolves. So, I mean, just a little bit about it. How do y'all, what's the outlook of the trade to you guys? Um, I would say, uh, looking at the outlook of the trade, I don't I don't like it for the Sixers. You know, and I'm probably the hmm. only one. Probably, that's interesting. You know, yeah, that's a hot respect. take. I, I don't I don't like it for the Sixers. You lose depth, you know, and the Sixers played well last year and the, the Sixers already didn't have shooting because they lost Bellinelli last year. They pretty much just had JJ Reddick on that team. When you lose a, a player like Covington who's a good three point shooter, you use lose a player like Sark who can also knock down threes. You lose two quality players, you know, and I really think that the Timberwolves got the better of that deal, you know, and before, and I know he's probably denying it and stuff, but before, you know, you have when he went to, when he was with Chicago and Rondo had to stint, Rondo's came out before, you know, right, Rajon Rondo's came out before and said that he's bad for young players, and he did that with the Timberwolves, you know, so I think it's only a matter of time, you know, until things start happening there, you know, and they, you seen the first game, they came on, they lost to Orlando, you know, Orlando Magic, you know, can you name four players on the Orlando Magic team? Probably not, you know, Luka so it's Beach, like, Aaron really, Gordon. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you lose to a team like that, it's like you lose depth. You know, you can't – he complained about his minutes with the Timberwolves and he can't be playing 41 minutes, but the team traded for you, lose the depth. So, again, you're going to be playing those high minutes. So I, I really don't understand it. I really don't. So. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. you Okay, yeah. No, for me, <laughs> for, for me um, – Two things. First thing, I thought what you were saying about how the players are taking the league back, I thought that that was a very interesting point. And I really think, you know, we may get to that at another point, another pod or later today. But I think that's going to be one of the greatest things of LeBron's legacy is, to me, he kind of led that charge mm-hmm. of the players taking the league back. But that's a whole other point. But getting specifically into the Jimmy Butler deal, I think for the 76ers in the short term, I do think it's going to hurt. But what I will say is, I think the long-term play, and when I'm talking about short-term, I'm talking about short-term within this season. Because now they're going to have to get that chemistry. I think it's going to set them back for a little bit. They probably won't enter, to me, the playoffs as as high of a seed as they could potentially be because it's going to take a little time to work that through. Plus, I think you will see the 76ers before the trade deadline. They'll make a move or two to try to fill out that team, try to get that depth. They said that they are potentially interested in KCP. Um, trying to make a deal for him and getting him out there, you know, to come off the bench or whatever to, to get some depth. But I still think when it comes down to it, the long-term play of it, I think when it gets to playoff time and them kind of needing that veteran presence that they didn't really have last year, that you saw them kind of struggle with when they played Boston last year and kind of needed one more play that can just go get a bucket even down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I think they have that guy in Jimmy. The only thing that I want to see with Jimmy is Jimmy going to be comfortable somewhat taking a back seat? Because Joel Embiid is the guy there. Mm-hmm. That's Joel Embiid's team. Then Ben Simmons orchestrates the entire offense. So is Jimmy going to be comfortable fitting there? That's the thing that I'm trying to see. But I think that if everything were to align, it can put them right up there in that top three in the Eastern Conference. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. The 76ers won this deal. They got Jimmy Buckets, man. They got a guy who can go and get buckets, who can who, who can be a go-to guy, who they can rely on in the, in those clutch moments. I mean, when you look at their, the scope of their team, when they came down to finishing games, they had no finisher. I know you say Embiid is the guy, and I agree he is. That is his team, and he's talented. But when it came down to to the to closing out games. 
They didn't have anybody. And that's that's kind of the reason why they failed in the playoffs last year. Now they got a guy who can close out games, who can go get you some points, who doesn't need Ben Simmons to get his points, can go get his points anytime he wants on his own. So I think that it's a good move, and I think it automatically catapulted them because I felt like the Toronto Raptors surpassed them as far as talent in, in the league. I felt like the Celtics has passed, had passed them in the East for the league. So now that the 76ers have made this move for Jimmy Butler, I feel like that puts them right right there in the top-tier teams in the East. And I think that they can gear up and make a run, and I do agree with you. I feel like a move or two, they'll fill out that roster. But I think initially I like the deal for them. I think it really catapults them into that you know top-tier team in the East. Yeah. Or maybe in the, even in the league, so. That's kind of bold, man. I, I don't, I don't, I think they're going to, I think they're going to be hit or miss. I'll, I mean, you know, they're going to beat the teams that are supposed to be, but when it comes to the better teams, I think they're going to struggle. You know, I think, I agree with your point. If they are in a close game, they do have a guy to close it. But a thing about it is they got to stay close. And I think, I, I really, I just don't, I think it's a weird match, you know, because Jimmy Butler, he's a good player. But is he necessarily a spot-up shooter if they need him to be? I can't really see him doing he that. You know, he's more of a, a creator. He you know can just go, man. Like he, you know, some guys really, you know, you really don't say, oh, he's a great yeah. shooter. He could just like LeBron. Yeah, LeBron ain't right. a great shooter, but right. you know, he pulled one from half court and he's been consistent from the three point line. He could just get, he just get buckets. You know, I'm interested to see, man. I'm interested to see. Yeah, but you know, the scope too that brings up another interesting point, which, which I like, is that you know, Jimmy Butler put his foot on on uh, the Timberwolves organization throat to get out of there. Yeah. You know, I, do you think that, th- that this trend will continue or you think it's the beginning? Oh, oh this this will definitely continue. Yeah. Players are going to, as they call it now, it's, it's no longer the whole let's just wait for free agency. Now we got pre-agency. So we go the year or two before our deal, before the deal is going to be up and we tell the organization, hey, nah, I'm not going to play here. The next year, I'm not going to resign here. So yeah. either you're going to get something for me now, or I'm just going to walk. And what? Once again, I hate to keep bringing it back, but to me, a precedent was set. We know how decimated the Cavs were when LeBron left and got nothing for it. Yeah. And so now these teams are saying, okay, well, instead of having that type of situation, let me go ahead and, and get something and trade yeah. for them. And then now, Paul George has set kind of another precedent of teams that are willing to gamble on these guys because they'll say, okay, I'll go out. I'll do, go and I get do you. one year lease. I do yeah. one year lease, and, I, and I'll convince you to stay. And so if we see Kawhi stay now and we see Jimmy stay, then to me this is going to continue to happen because now more teams are going to be willing to pursue those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I think that it, you know, just like you say, you brought up a great point. LeBron set this precedent. And, you know, I think that people now are taking it to a – players are now taking it to another level. But you have to be good enough to be able to pull this off. Right. right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're going to go through an era where scrubs are going to try this same method and it may not work right. out too well for them. I, I don't <laughs> afford it. I'm going to tell you. Right. I'm right. not right. like, okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> right. You wanted your big contract off the books. But, my bad, I don't, my bad. Uh, <laughs> nah, I'm trying to count the fleet now. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that it, it, it started, man. I think that – but it makes it fun for, for the fans, you know, because now Jimmy is in a new place, and I can't wait to see how he's going to look in that Sixers uniform yeah, and how he's going to yeah. mesh with him. But, you know, speaking of the Sixers, man, what's wrong with Markel Fultz, man? I about to bring that up, bro. Like, did y'all see that free throw that he shot? Like, that hesitate? What was that? How do you pump fake or, like, a free throw? And the thing about it, too, is mm-hmm. not just that that happened in the game, but they showed a clip of, of, like, the 76ers at practice, or somebody was talking at practice. It might have actually been Jimmy. I can't remember. But you see Fultz in the background doing the same exact thing, so like the little, the little hezzy, the little pump fake type thing at the free throw line. And I'm just like, I don't know what is happening to this dude. I have a theory, man. Something, something, he, something happened to him, bro. Like, that injury must have devastated him, bro. Like, he, he's, he's like he's mentally out of it as far as basketball, bro. He's not the player that went number one overall in the, in the what, 2016 NBA draft? Or was it the yeah, 17. 17, 17 NBA draft? Yeah, I saw Los, Los was actually tweeting about that the, um, the other day. Yeah, so, first of all, I would say 
I think the Sixers messed the dude up. You know, let's just keep it real. You know, you got a player that comes out. The Sixers have always, for some reason, their first year, their players get hurt. It's just, this has always been the yeah, trade. Yeah, Ben got hurt and B got even hurt. Their, even their first, Ben, Fultz, you know, and B, and even their first round pick this year that they got, got hurt. You know, and it's like, what is going on? You know, why do the players keep getting hurt? So I don't know if that's just freak nature that it happens, but it's kind of weird that that keeps happening to them. So I'll say that. And secondly, why they're hurt, my theory with them is I think they tried to either change his shot or his form or something like that while he was out and while he was hurt to where, you know, and you mess with a player's form and, you know, you put up so many shots with a different form and it's not working for you. Then you, you you probably forget how you once yeah. used to shoot the ball. Oh, you, you know? overthinking. So you, yeah. You, you, yeah, you start overthinking it. You're and not shooting not rhythm, shooting the way you are playing the way you're supposed to play, you know, yeah. where you used to play in college. And so I think that's that. And it's just, it's just, it's embarrassing, man. It's like you were the first pick in the NBA draft and you out there playing like the Monstars took your power. You know what I'm saying? What is going on, dude? Yeah, I mean, I think if we got to call it what it is, man, he's just not as good as people thought they were. Like, when he was, when they was projecting him to go number one overall, I was like, what? I was like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, Lonzo definitely should go number one. But, like, I, but, like, I mean, I didn't know who he was, and that, that, that just yeah. goes to show you. But, but I ain't gonna lie, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Going back at that time, I wasn't really shocked that he was going number one. Markel he Fultz, twenty. Markel Fultz was a monster, bro. He, he was, was but he was on a, a losing squad, though. He didn't yeah. do anything for for, yeah, and, for Washington. And, and ben right? didn't Ben didn't make the tournament either, and he had Antonio Blakeney with him, and he had other guys that made yeah. the league from that squad. But so, that was coaching, though. I think yeah, partially it, coaching. It could be the same thing in Washington. Now, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna totally say that because I think Washington did have. Um, better coach to Rom- Romero or whatever his guy. I remember the guy out mm-hmm. there, but um, I think I think it is kind of easy for us to sit back right now and kind of like pick so many holes in it. Um, but at that time, I think Markel was the guy. Markel was the number one. I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm Lonzo should have went number one clearly to me. No, I don't even think Lonzo should have went number one. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we going like off of that, but like, I'm talking about when they came out of college. No, I'm talking about oh boy for Boston should have went one. Even out of out of college? No, I'm not talking about after what we've seen from him after a year. I'm talking about out of college. No. Yeah, I'm not talking about what, what we've seen now. I mean, I think Donovan probably should have went number one. Who? Donovan Mitchell. Nah. <sighs> Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. Nah. It's a toss-up between the two. I think Donovan right now is playing better basketball than Tatum, but I think that Tatum has the highest ceiling out of that draft. Yeah. Like, Tatum, you can see, you see, like, superstar in Tatum. Like, you see a guy that can really be the cornerstone of a franchise. Is he still inconsistent at this point? Very much so. Like, you know, Tatum is really kind of up and down right now, to be honest. But at his high points, like, when you really see him play – like, that kid is going to be a superstar in this league. So, if you're talking about, like, Pete and longevity and all that, definitely Tatum right now. Donovan's probably having a little bit bigger of an impact. Mm-hmm. Not mad at it. So, what I what I think the Houston fans are mad at. <laughs> and look at my transitions, man. I'm, I'm getting cold to transitions. Melo officially cut from the... Houston Texans in this. I'm oh, and Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> nice I shouldn't have bra- I shouldn't have bragged on myself right. after the. You know he got cut off the Houston Rockets in his early early season, which is to no surprise. Should he hang up the cleats? Cleats. I'm just playing, man. Hang up the tennis shoes, man. <laughs> I, I I think. Yeah. I think for Melo at this point, man, I think that Melo, if he just truly fits into a certain role with a team, if he's truly a role player, I think Melo can still give a team something that's serviceable. I think right now, honestly, with this Houston situation, Melo is a scapegoat right now. And I don't totally like the way that it's being painted because I don't think that Melo is the reason why they've gotten off to this poor start. If you really look across the board, 
Chris Paul hasn't played that well to start off this year. No, yeah. James Harden has been subpart of what he typically does. Eric Gordon has been trash, worse than what <laughs> Melo, you know, was doing and producing. So I think that Melo has kind of been a scapegoat. But to actually get to your point about Melo, I think if he will truly fit a role within a team, he can still play. I mean, you see your uncle Vince Carter still lacing him up. <laughs> Look at him. Um, so I think Melo can still fill a nice little role. So how you feel about, I've been seeing this a lot, Melo in New Orleans. Mellow with the Pelicans. No, a slow-paced team. They're not really running gun. You know, they really, you know, they basically a half-court set team. You know, he could be some offense off the bench. I mean, I, I see the potential, but here's the thing. Mellow's going to have to accept the, 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 the old, you know, Paul Pierce role, the old Tracy McGrady role, you know, how they did towards the end of their careers. But the thing with Mellow is, you look back, Melo looks at the guys in the league that he came in the league with, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He looks at the LeBron James, who he was compared to all his, you know, pretty much all his basketball Yeah, great career. point. You know, and you got you got that type of thing going on. It's pride, you know what I'm saying? It's like, dang, you know, I've been, even from, college, you know, when they were growing up in high school, and then, you know, LeBron didn't go to college, but... You know, they were prepared. I mean, they've been compared to each other. And so you look, he look and see LeBron still getting all this money, still being the man in L.A. And he like, man, you know, they want me to accept a bench role. They want me to, like, kind of yeah. fade up. But even Mello, Chris Mello Paul. Realize, yeah, yeah, even Chris Paul. Even Dwayne Wade has a good role on his team right now. You know, and but Dwayne Wade had to t- accept a bench role and realize that he's not even the same man he is. And so he just got to realize that, hey, you can't beat Father Time and find your role, find your niche, and then you can extend your career five more years. But it, it starts between it starts between the years, though. Once he starts between the years and get that clear, I think he can extend his career five more years. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, like you said, I think the biggest thing for him breaking through is really that LeBron effect, that LeBron comparison right there. They came into the league. They were supposed to be, I don't know if you remember the commercials back in the day, and especially they did on ESPN, but that was supposed to be the new Magic and Larry Bird. Like, they said that that was going to, you know, be the robbery that almost, you know, resurged the league or something at that point. But I think that Melo has to look at it, too. You can't just look at LeBron. You got to look at the other guys that were in that actual class with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is done. Yeah. You know, you look at Wade. Wade has accepted his role. Darko Milicic's been out the league I don't know how long. So it's like you got to look around and see Luke Walton was in that draft class with him. You know how long <laughs> Luke can yeah, Luke is coaching LeBron now. You know, so you look at guys. Kirk Heinrich was in that draft class. Yeah. Chris, Chris, I think, Kamen was in that draft class. So you look at all those guys and you really think about it. Melo is right where he really should be at this stage of his career. I think his he legacy just, just hurt because he won't accept it. And, you know, we look at it, it didn't work out really in New York. It didn't work out with the Thunder. And now it didn't work out in Houston. I think he has to do, he has to put that ego to the side and realize that, you know, Hall of Famer, he's yeah. going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, and he's had a remarkable career. But not that he needs to set his sight on, I, I don't have a ring. You know, not to say he needs to ring chase, but I think that in Houston, he was in a position He was in a position where he could have gotten, maybe gotten one if he would have just, like, played his role. And I think he want to he wanna be James Harden. He want to be Chris Paul. But he's simply not that player no more. He's never really been the most athletic as he is. He's never been the quickest as he is either. So, I mean, once that go and you older, then what do you have left? You know, you better get you some good footwork moves and be nifty out there. But, you know, he just can't accept who he has become yeah. as a player. He just got to accept his role. But like I said, you know, I don't want Melo to just be the scapegoat of the situation. No, nah, he's not scared. Houston. They have a lot of problems. They got a lot of problems. And I don't know about y'all, but I kind of like seeing Houston Rockets. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Because, I, I, I mean, I like James Harden game, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm glad they're not doing well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You know who's probably glad too that they're not doing well. Who that? Brandon Ingram. <laughs> oh yeah, Ingram special. Speaking of Ingram, man, me me and Ramon was talking off air, man. What's up with Ingram, bro? It's his third year in the league, and it seems like he's not making strides to where he's being consistent. LeBron, like I said, the Lakers need a second guy. 
One haven't emerged yet. And that one thinking of BBI, he shows flashes of greatness, but just not consistent enough. Yeah, he's not consistent. You know, um, I've probably watched all the Lakers games this year. And one thing I noticed with him is he, he just goes stretches where he just doesn't really, he, he just kind of just stands off to the side, you know. And I know LeBron, you got to let LeBron be special and, you know, he's going to dominate the ball most of the time. But, you know, you got to step up and be that guy. You know, you got to step up to the free throw line, you know. And I and I think what's special about our team, though, and why we've been doing well, uh, what the Lakers has been doing well, uh, I think because um, the middle, man, when you got two guys that are just pretty much the same player, and our weakest thing, or the Lakers, I keep saying our, you know, it's clear I'm a Lakers fan, but the Lakers' biggest issue was rebounding that second unit rebounding and now you got two guys that are pretty much the same type of players coming in bringing energy block uh, making blocks and rebounding and in that second tier score either it's going to be kuzma or ingram and i think that's what kind of makes us special is that you don't know where it's going to come from that second tier scoring yeah yeah and i i really think that bi he might still be kind of figuring out how to totally play off LeBron, so maybe that's part of it too, but I have been disappointed. I wanted B.I. really this year to come in and be, you know, averaging 20 a game. Like, I, that was my expectation for B.I., that no lower than 20 a game that he was going to get on, on a nightly basis, um, and he hasn't lived up to that. To me, really, on the team, Kuz might play the best off LeBron. Like, Kuz's style of play, he, to me, he just totally fits with LeBron. He He's very decisive. If LeBron hitting him in the in the corner for the three, he's gonna straight up. He's gonna pull up directly from that. He's cutting to the goal a lot. That's where LeBron is able to find him a lot around the rim. Um, I just don't know. I think that what's happening is part of Bi being special is Bi is really good with the ball in his hands, and so you have a team right now in which the ball has to be in LeBron's hands or the ball is in Lonzo's hands. Or it's in Rondo's hands, you know, Rondo hurt for a few weeks now. But it's in so many guys' different hands, and a guy like Kuz can kind of just feed off of those guys. But Brandon Ingram, when he played his best last year, was when he was really kind of running point guard for the squad, and things so, were running through him. So. I saw, so I saw an interesting thing and with the team, though, and I have to give Brandon Ingram props for this and the team props. The Lakers are starting to learn their roles. You know, and that's what's making us good now. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, it was a stretch where, you know, it was a second unit and Luke kept Brandon Ingram in with the second unit. And it was down, it was like going into, I believe, the half or uh, maybe to going into the fourth quarter, but if the clock was running down, they ran, well, uh, Rondo kind of referred to Ingram. He threw the ball to Ingram towards the end of the clock saying, hey, pretty much make a play type of thing. I like seeing that, especially from one of the old players saying, hey, you know, you're our second guy. You know, LeBron's not on the floor, so you are the guy. Here's the ball. Make a play. And, you know, to the credit to Ingram, he ended up making a play. You know, this was a couple games back and scoring to end, the, I believe, the third quarter. And so seeing that type of stuff. And then another, another player I want to give props to is Kuzma. You know, it was a technical foul. Um, on the coach, one of the coaches, you know, a couple games back. He stepped up with LeBron on the court, and he wanted to take the technical foul. I like seeing that, too. That shows right there that, hey, you know, LeBron's been struggling. I know I'm going to knock this free throw down. And he got up there, and he knocked it down. So that's showing growth within this young Lakers team that you're seeing from game to game. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's definitely definitely been interesting to see. Um, and, and to me, things are kind of shaping, shaping up for the squad. I mean, the Lakers have won six out of the last seven. Um, so you're seeing things kind of turn around and trend in the right direction. And, you know, another thing that I think that, of course, we can't miss is really the history that we saw last night in that game. You know, seeing LeBron get up into top, top five. Top five and scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Will Chambers on that list. Kobe Bryant's on that list. Uh, who's else on there? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan and Kareem. <laughs> and man. Kareem. So I mean, those are some big, huge names and legends, and it's just a, it's just a testament to LeBron and how he takes care of his body. Because I mean, LeBron has shown no signs of, of slowing down, and I mean, it's a remarkable. He's had no major injuries in his career, so I mean, 
Who's to say he couldn't get number one on that oh, list? I think he can catch Kareem. So, I mean, uh, it's a testament to it. He put up 44 points and led the Lakers to a win, which made it even more special for me, at least. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's good to see him make history, man. It's good to see, you know, just like I said, the NBA is great this year, man. It's a lot of things happening, so. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things that, you like you said, it, it's good to see and it's interesting to see as well is the fact that a lot of people, when they look at LeBron, they think pass first pass type first, of guy. He and you're talking about like a guy that's, you know, top five all time um, in scoring in league history. And I think, you know, this is just a kind of off-topic note, but I think the most surprising name that people always really forget about Carl Malone sits number two on that list. Yeah, he gets buckets. Carl Malone sits number two on that list. Everybody, when they talk about him, you know, the grades, and you mentioned the Jordans and the Kareems, and I'm not trying to say Carl Malone is that guy, but, I mean, to think about the fact that Carl Malone is second all-time in NBA scoring history. That says a lot. That says a lot. But LeBron, top five in scoring, and they, the, the pace that he's on, um, it really seems that he'll finish top five in assists as well in league history. Oh, so. definitely, no doubt about that. Yeah, it, you know, it. That's no more. What can what more can you say about it, man? What more can you say? I'm just happy he's on the on the good on yeah. the good side, you know. Yeah. But uh, so yeah. now we'll transition into the juicy tea that's going on in Golden State. Somebody else be trying <laughs> to get on the good side. Who that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, KD. <laughs> so, apparently, KD and, and Draymond Green had a falling out the other night. Draymond served a one-game suspension last night for that game against the Hawks, which was a joke. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they're going to suspend him with, in, a, in a cupcake game. But, I mean, it's two things out of that. What does Golden State's suspension says about it? And, again, is Draymond an issue in the locker room? Or is Kate, and then Draymond, to me, is he more of a monster than Westbrook? Like, how can, you know, like, that's a couple things to break down. You can choose which. I think from that, just chiming in on it, um, there's a, a lot to go, really, with, with this story and a lot being unraveled. Um, one of the biggest things for me is kind of the hypocrisy in it. And, and the reason why I'm going to say hypocrisy, I'm not just completely attacking him for this disagreement, but one of the major things was that Draymond was attacking KD about, you know, his loyalty to the team almost, his free agency decision. But weren't you the guy that after y'all lost in the finals, you went and called this guy on the phone and told him to leave his situation to come play with y'all? Mm -hmm. But now you want to throw this in his face when he has another decision to make this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was, you know, uh, kind of hypocritical, really, of Draymond to do that. But to me, to your point of the organization taking a stand on it, to me, I thought that that was a recruiting pitch to KD because they basically showed KD that we're going to kind of take your side above Draymond on this. And so... Mm -hmm. I don't know. value KD yeah, more than we, And I don't know how that plays out in the locker room. I don't know how that plays out the rest of this year. I, I'll, say, I'll say this. And um, I think that, one, KD is gone regardless. What, I thought he was gone before this happened. argument. That's yeah. what I said. Before right. this happened. Right. Or now even more so that this happened. Two, I think that they're fine and they're going to end up winning the championship. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Now, that as, being, as being an athlete, and dealing with, you know, playing and being competitive and being in the heat of the game before, you know, I've been on the game and I talk trash and say some stuff I probably didn't mean. And then at the end of the day, you know, we next day dap it up, we good, you know, whatever, you know, you, you know where to hit the players where it hurt, you know what I'm saying? So I don't really put too much stock into this. Yeah, it was a big story and it blew up and the stuff he said, but, you know, it's going to it's gonna all blow over and they're going to probably go on the win streak. But it's just, at the same time, KD, he, what Draymond really did was expose that KD's gone. That's all really what he did. He didn't really hurt them this year. He's not going to go anywhere this year or uh, anything like that. It's just, it's just going to be, he just really just set it up to where he's letting the rest of the world know that the Warriors will not be the same Warriors moving forward with KD. 
I think what what what's the loss or what's becoming more of a loss or what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. Mm. And you know, I play ball and me, me and Los actually were teammates. And you know, some of the arguments and discussions we had, you know, whatever happened in the locker room stays in the locker room. And I think that that's what happened when the media is able to get into the locker room and find out what's really going on and reports are able to, you know, they reporting on anonymous players or saying that Katie's mm. it's no way Katie comes back now. I think that, that that's a poor poor culture, but you know, like I said, I mean, Golden State is a machine. Like like you said, Carlos. I mean, Golden State is a machine. They'll win the championship again this year. They have too much talent not to win. I don't think that this will affect anything. Uh, KD's too good. That team is too loaded not to be successful. So I don't think I don't see anything like this getting in the way. I disagree with Golden State suspending Draymond yeah, because I, I mean, I mean it. Ain't no telling how many arguments they've had behind doors, but just because they get exposed to the media, you added, you know, you're really adding, you know, wind to the fire. You're spreading yeah. the fire and making it even more of a big story. I say just let it go, move on from it. Like like Clay said, he they're moving on. Draymond yeah. said we're moving on. Kevin Durant said they're moving on. They're grown men. When men argue or have disagreements, you say everything that that you got to get off your chest, and then afterwards you go out for pizza or drinks. You know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, so I think that too much is being blown out of this, and I think that Golden State will be fine. Yeah, and I think to add on to it, what you were just saying about the organization, you know, the route that they took with Draymond on this, I thought once again, just how as I mentioned that Draymond, it was kind of hypocritical what he did. Mm-hmm. I think what the organization did was hypocritical, and the reason why I'm going to say that is that Draymond has had these type of similar outbursts dealing with Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. They said many times Draymond has challenged Steve Kerr in these ways and has gone at Steve Kerr. So now because obviously you quote unquote trying to recruit KD to stay there and you want him to be there at least one more year once y'all move into y'all new arena in San Francisco and all of that, you trying to do everything to keep KD around. Yeah, because they're renting trash right now. Right, so, right, but you're doing all that, but... You know, Draymond has done similar stuff to Steve Kerr, who was the head man, who was the coach, and has decided that he's going to let it rest and he just let it blow over. So, yeah. yeah. What, what, piss, what pisses me off most about Draymond is before Steve Kerr was there, who the heck, who the heck was Draymond Green? You know what I'm saying? He didn't even start on that team until Steve Kerr got there. You know, when Mark Jackson Mark Jackson's were there, he had Iguodala start. Steve Kerr really gave him his identity. You know, he put him on that team. He gave him that role, you know, and Draymond took off with it, of course, and the rest is history, and Draymond is a great player. But at the same time, Draymond got to really scale back. You know, he got to look at the bigger picture of things. You can't be coming at your coaches. You can't be causing problems. I know he's a passionate player, but you can't use that as an excuse every time. Yeah, I'm just a passionate player. That doesn't give you an excuse to be an a-hole to everybody. But I think if you took that a-holeness out of him, I don't think he'll be the player he is, though. That's that's really what drives him. I, I, I get that. It's a difference, though. You can be a passionate player and not be an a-hole, man. You, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to treat people and talk to people any kind of way. Ooh. And that's just, that's not passionate. That's just being a crappy person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So, like you said, I mean, the main thing of it is just going to kind of be the fallout of what KD really decides going forward from here and how really... Uh, the Warriors shape up kind of after this year. I mean, I think it opens the door for if Boogie does come back healthy and close enough to himself, do they move forward with a unit that's, okay, now we're going to have Boogie and we still have Draymond and we got Steph and we got Clay, and do we move forward with that? And, you know, where where does KD end up? What, so so real end quick, up? since you say that, where does KD end up? I mean, you know my... The Lakers. My bias is gonna say the Lakers. I think Lakers, Knicks, and they say no one. Ramon. You talking about oh just okay? I I was talking about <laughs> options. All right, Lakers. I'm gonna just leave it at that. What about you? Yeah. Huh? I say Lakers. I mean, you know, my boy came out. Magic came out and made a bold statement. He said next summer he gonna get land him another big free agent. And so you know when his statement he said free agent. So I'm gonna say you know everybody's saying kind of AD, but AD is not a free agent next year. So it can't be AD. So I'm thinking KD, K- KD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with me, I I don't think he's gonna end up with the Lakers just mainly because I feel like he want to do stuff on his own now. 
he's rolled the, he you know he he want to you know prove something. So I don't feel like he's gonna go. I, I'm gonna say the Knicks. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. I can see I can see either one, but I know he's, uh, he's yeah, I think he wants to be on his own. But at the same time, he's he's gonna want he wants to be smart too. He's not gonna go to a team just just because. I think know, he, he want a challenge now though. I feel like he's gonna go. Unless he brings somebody with him there to the Knicks, I can't see him going to the Knicks. I think he want to. I think he want a challenge now. Like with Golden State, he, you know, he's a shoe in in the finals every right. year, a shoe in to win. Like, but think of the storylines and think of the matchup: him, the Lakers versus the Warriors, LeBron and KD. The Warriors on that side, um, you know, still having Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Boogie coming back. Like that's an intriguing thing, and then for him, if you know, if it if it did turn into something and some type of bad blood, which it probably won't, but for him to have a chance too to go back and kind of put it in their face and win and beat oh, them. Oh man, who's a better team when that happens? Oh, the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> you say okay. <laughs> yeah, no so it should be interesting to see, man. It's, you know, NBA is is great TV, man. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. I think we covered it all, though, guys. Once again, am I missing anything? We missing anything? I think that's basically it, man. You hit it. Yeah, Yeah. I think we hit it. So, uh, thanks for listening again to our loyal listeners. If you're a new listener, we appreciate that. Make sure you follow us on our social media accounts on IG and Instagram. Oh, IG and Instagram. (laughs) IG and and Twitter (laughs) and Facebook. Search us on Peanated Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on O underscore Benchwarmers. And then you can subscribe to us if you're listening on another plug on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher. Uh, if, you le- if you feel inclined to leave us a nice little review, make sure that you're telling your friend about this new sports podcast that's on flames right now. It's real hot. And uh, as always, peace. All right, peace, man. Oh, bro, sometimes that be the difference in fantasy matchups, bro. Oh.